Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Good morning, everybody. It's me, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. A little more bounce in my step this morning, ladies and gentlemen. I stopped at Starbucks on the way in. Listen, I broke the streak last Saturday after the show. I went to Starbucks for the first time during the quarantine. And I got to say, it was really, really good. Um, and then Friday night, um, you know, eat dinner with the family, getting ready to play a quick board game. And I start, for whatever reason, anticipating the Starbucks this morning. And, and that was a weird feeling. That coffee can play tricks on your mind, ladies and gentlemen. It really can. Happy Mother's Day weekend out there to all the moms. My mom, of course, my wife. Shout out to your mom, your wife. You got, I hope you guys remember to get the card at the minimum. Uh, flowers would have been nice, um, but it's a it's a big weekend. I mean, you know, it's it's tough to like take them out for a nice brunch or. Um, Spend time with them because of the quarantine. And I know if you got little kids, you want to be careful around um, your older moms out there. But I uh, hope everybody can have a safe and fun Mother's Day weekend. 
We had some sports this week, which was nice. Um, remember, guys, we're rolling up here on 60 days since the quarantine started. Since COVID-19 wrecked America. And I'll never remember the beginning of it. Uh, for me, it was March 13th. That was like the day, right? The NCAA tournament uh, had been canceled, I guess, like the day before maybe. Um, and it was just like I was supposed to host the herd that day on FS1. I was all excited. I had all this great material. The night before, that would have been uh, March 12th, there were two incredible games. Uh, I think the Bucks were playing somebody and the Lakers were obviously playing because that's what they do. And it was like the excitement was palpable. And then, you know, obviously the quarantine started. Everybody just shuttered up in their houses. And it's coming up on two months here. But this week we had some sports, which was nice, right? Kind of. NFL draft was a few weeks ago. And then finally we had the NFL schedule, which felt like this massive boon to um, people's time. I had to like carve out that afternoon. I did a uh, I did a show about the NFL schedule with Carissa Thompson, Colin Cowherd, Mark Schlereth. It was obviously um, not in a studio like normal. It was over um, face, not FaceTime. How do you over the camera in your computer, whatever that's called? Uh, and and it was it was fun. Fun. We talked gambling. We talked sports. It was. It felt like something, and I and I got to give it to the NFL. You know, every other sport has really completely shut down. The NFL here has dove right in. That we're going to go through with the draft. We're going to go through with the schedule release. Now, UFC is attempting to do the same this weekend. I'm sure you guys just heard the news that uh, one of the fighters tested positive for coronavirus. His fight's off, but the rest of the card's going to happen. So. You know, all the UFC fans out there, you got something tonight. I don't know if I'll order the fight because, you know, UFC fights are kind of cool when you have a group of dudes around. You're boozing it up. I don't know that my wife's going to be down for that. Um, And certainly the kids will be asleep before that goes off. But I wanted to open the show talking about the NFL schedule. Um, Obviously, we will do plenty of last dance. I'm sure some people here because of what I just put out on uh, social media before the show. As you guys know, I take a quick selfie in the studio, and then I kind of tease the show. And we're going to talk about Michael Jordan attempting to rewrite history. Um, We have evidence of it, that he kept Isaiah Thomas off the Dream Team. 100% ironclad evidence. We will present that to you shortly. Uh, we got a great guest lineup. But obviously the NFL schedule is what we're going to do now. I never have made much of the schedule release. I don't know about you guys out there, you know, it's still four months away from the season. Yes, there's obvious excitement for for the NFL, but usually the schedule comes out Thursday night and then you quickly change the channel back to the NBA playoff game or the baseball game. Uh, Maybe you've got golf that weekend. Um, There's other stuff going on, but the schedule release comes out and it's just like, oh, (laughs) there's nothing else. Yeah, I'll, sure, I'll dive into every single week one game. Oh, yeah, let me look at week two. Oh, wait, you're saying the Eagles have a really good chance to start 3-0. and And then you find yourself just going deep on the Detroit Lions. Chris here in the studio, excited. I am very excited for the Lions. I mean, one of the takeaways that I'll give you here, I got several takeaways, is things are looking up for the Detroit Lions in the NFC North. I have decided... Um, I'm going to stick my flag in the ground here with several teams this season, and the Detroit Lions are one of them. I was 
half-cocked on the Lions last year. I was bull, uh, bullish on them, bet on them. Um, it went south. I still think I was in the right. I mean, listen, they had a lot of injuries, but um, for the 2020 season, my number one takeaway from the NFL schedule release, uh, the Houston Texans are in deep, deep trouble. Now, we, of course, know that Deshaun Watson kind of got into it on social media yesterday with a Fox Sports Radio host, Doug Gottlieb. We will talk about that a little bit later in the show. Um, Deshaun Watson, a really good quarterback. You guys know I've been very bullish on him as a pro. But if you look at their schedule, nobody has a tougher first three weeks than the Texans. They open against the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Then they play the Ravens, who had the best record in the league last year. And then they visit the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Houston Texans have seven games against playoff teams from last year. Now, one of the big stories this offseason was they traded their third most popular player. If you want to go Watt and Watson or one, two in one order, DeAndre Hopkins has to be number three. Greatest receiver that franchise has had. I mean, Hopkins is amazing. And they traded him, and the outcry was bad. Bill O'Brien catching heat from fans, but not ownership. Ownership likes Bill O'Brien so much, he's now the GM and coach, folks. He's very protected. I think I forget who it was that we had on this show about a month ago. said, listen, he's not going anywhere. However, I'll say this. When you trade a popular player like Hopkins, and if they start 0-3, as I'm projecting here, and you think back last year, remember, everybody's like, oh, hey, they led the Chiefs 24 to nothing or 24-3, whatever it was, in the second quarter of that playoff game. Let's look the week before, folks. You remember what happened in that one? They're trailing at home to Buffalo 16-0 before a miracle comeback happens. And the Texans get by barely Josh Allen, the inept Josh Allen and the Bills. But I'm telling you, next season is going to be brutal for the Texans. I don't have them in the playoffs. They open against three really, really good teams, and it's going to go all downhill from there. So that's my number one takeaway. Um, I've got to ask you guys, and, and Gavin, when we revisit this later, I'm curious as to what you think, but when I look at the Patriots, we talked on this show last week, picking division winners. I felt good about the Patriots. Jared Stidham, Bill Belichick, the beat goes on. I look at that schedule, and oh my gosh. I don't know if I can pick the Patriots. I'm going to have to do a bit of a deep dive here. Now, they do close as usual with the Jokers in the AFC East. Uh, Dolphins, Bills, Jets. Um, usually that's a 2-1 and one or 3-0, and oh, and that'll propel them into the playoffs or into a bye in the first round. However, remember, only the number one seed gets a bye next year because they're having seven teams in. Um, the schedule's brutal for the playoffs. Their first two road games... At Seattle, at Kansas City. Now, I think they'll win the opener against Miami. I think they'll beat them down, actually. Um, Maybe it's a quirk in the scheduling, but the Patriots have to play both L.A. teams in L.A. in the span of uh, December 6th and December 10th. That's pretty crazy. (laughs) Uh, It's a tough schedule for the Patriots. I I need to revisit it. The thing is, I don't like the Bills. I, I don't. I'm not a Josh Allen guy. But other schedule takeaways. Green Bay Packers. Folks, this is ripe for a great storyline this year. Packers 13-3, and draft a quarterback to back up Aaron Rodgers. Four of their first six games are on the road. On the road, difficult schedule for the Packers. I just talked about the Detroit Lions, another team I'm looking at. I don't know what folks are seeing in the Minnesota Vikings. And, and Gavin, you can file this away. 
I'm telling you, I'm not in on the Vikings next year, okay? They lost three starters in the secondary. I think they're going to have five new starters on the defense. And remember, Zimmer's a defensive guy. He's going to incorporate new five new starters post-quarantine with no real offseason? I don't see it. I look at the non-division road schedule of the Vikings. At the Texans, at the Seahawks, at the Bucks, at the Saints. That's... That's a pretty, pretty rough uh, road schedule for the Vikings at a conference. I, I'm not buying it. No, don't forget, they lost Stephon Diggs. He's in Buffalo. So I keep coming back to the Detroit Lions and my final fun stat from the schedule takeaway. So you you look at primetime games, obviously, and I was looking for primetime games in my Jets. Um, yeah, no, not much love on the primetime uh, circuit. However... Prime time games, there's only two teams that do not play at night. The Redskins and the Detroit Lions. Yes, that's correct. The Lions and the Redskins, only team with no primetime games. Now, the funnest, the most fun stat I saw was the last time two teams didn't have uh, any primetime games, one of them has made the playoffs like four times. So that's good for the Detroit Lions if you're reaching as I kind of am there. Uh, Detroit Lions, I'm telling you, folks, uh, uh, listen, DeAndre Swift in the backfield, uh, Kenny Galladay. I'm getting excited about football. <laughs> it's four months away now. Uh, I, one thing I did not mention uh, before, as we go to break here, we simply don't know if there's going to be fans at stadiums this fall. And for home field advantage, Gavin is a big gambler. You know this. Um. Home field advantage in the NFL is kind of a big deal. I mean, we know the Saints are supposed to have this colossal home field advantage, right? Uh, going to Seattle used to be extremely difficult. Um, I think the Chargers have the most travel miles of anybody in the NFL this year. Like, the Chargers are supposed to not have a home field advantage. But what if there's no fans in the stadium? We don't know that. We're still four months out. A lot can happen. But I'm very excited for the schedule release. Um, it was fun, right? It was fun to have some sports, and now we've got the rest of May with hopefully some golf here coming up. Uh, I'm going to have to dive in that. Uh, the Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, whatever that thing is. I, I'm not up to speed on it yet because I've been focusing on the last dance. And coming up next, folks. Yes, uh, once again, I lo- watched ahead to episodes seven and eight. Um, and, and and we're gonna have uh, some real interesting stuff in in episode seven. I think it's it's one of the best episodes. And I was able to uncover something this week that uh, you guys are gonna love. Michael Jordan is attempting to rewrite history. He's just trying to scrub facts from the history books from 1991 and 92. The problem is, we've got the evidence that Jordan is lying about keeping Isaiah Thomas off the Dream Team. We'll talk about that next here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, Every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Back here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, uh, I've only watched half of it. Um, Extraction. Chris, did you see it yet? Okay, Extraction on Netflix. It's Chris uh, Hemsworth. And um, we started it, and I was like, wow, this is not bad. It's basically like a better version of John Wick. Now, I'm not a big John Wick guy. I know know you have a really high bar to clear there. Uh, Listen, again, I've seen John Wick. Uh, my my brother swears by it. Like, he's watching the third one. He's like, dude, you got to see it. I'm like, I didn't even bother watch two. I saw one. It was good. It was okay. One is maybe the worst John Wick. Oh, is it? So I would not, yeah, do not give up on that franchise. That's Okay, all right. Yeah, we don't slander John Wick I on know, the Jason Knight Come on. <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> I, I've like. seen it on Netflix, but like all Extraction things Extraction ne- or John Flick? Well, I John saw Wick. Extraction on yeah. ne- co- across my Netflix list, but like all things added up on my list but that list just keeps getting longer yeah, and longer yeah. it's so, like okay so yeah. nobody here see um shucks all right no. well, anyways i'm telling you guys i saw the mark Wahlberg one which uh, one is it's that it's called it's got a two mile or something it's got a goofy name it's uh it's a it's a mark Wahlberg movie on netflix and it's an action movie um as i'm trying to stall so i can Look oh, it up. Wait, um, is it, it is called Spencer Confidential. I saw that. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, that was that was that, um, no, no. So I'm hoping extraction is better. W- okay, I mean, good, again, good. I, we only saw like 30 minutes, but it's way <laughs> better. Uh, all right, back here on Fox Sports Radio. So uh, I teased that Michael Jordan is attempting to rewrite history, and I do. I purposely, folks, did not go on social media during that break. So I don't know if you're all huffy and angry. And, and Gavin, I don't know what it is about me. Um, it could go back to when I was a kid growing up, and I love to argue. And I think I've told this story. My third grade teacher at, like, parent-teacher night said to my parents with this big smile on her face, uh, Jason is so nice. 
he's going to be a lawyer. He loves to just challenge <laughs> authority. And, you know, she's the nicest old lady. Uh, I, I haven't checked up on her, in a, you know, a lot, forever. But I'm just telling you, I like the combative nature of some of these sports debates. And let's be real here. Jordan versus LeBron is as good as it gets right now. For whatever reason, like, there's no Tom Brady versus Joe Montana. That doesn't exist. Like, what, Barry Sanders versus Emmett Smith? Like, that, it's just not the same. Um, Jordan, LeBron, two worldwide phenomenon. Jordan's the GOAT. I just need to clear that up for everybody who thinks I'm a Jordan hater. Well, Jason, why are you bashing Jordan? I get these like five times a day. I'm not bashing Michael Jordan. I think Jordan LeBron is very close. I do believe LeBron will pass Jordan eventually. I just don't think that everyone else thinks it's close. So I'm trying to level the playing field by pointing out some flaws in Michael Jordan. And I can tell you 100% right now, he's lying in his attempt to rewrite history. He's straight up lying on the documentary about keeping Isaiah Thomas off the Dream Team. I'm not just flippantly saying that, but this is the reality. Michael Jordan 100% kept Isaiah Thomas off the Dream Team. And the thing is, nobody's willing to call him on it, chiefly the documentary. Okay? Uh, I mean, it's, a, it's astounding. Jordan says, no, I didn't, I didn't keep Isaiah. He's lying, blah, 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 blah. Okay? Folks, it's, here's what's really incredible about this. Okay? This was over, it was 28, 29 years ago. 28 for the Dream Team. But when you're putting it together, it took a little while. Right, uh, Maybe it dates back to 91. Rod Thorne was the chairman of that. Rod Thorne obviously drafted Michael Jordan into Chicago. Okay, Here's the beauty of Jordan's lie about Isaiah Thomas. And we are going to have a guest on in five minutes to confirm the lie. Now, how can he confirm it, Jason? Well, it's amazing, guys. There's this thing called the Internet. And there are things called books. I know those are foreign to a lot of millennials. There's a book, The Dream Team. How Michael, Magic, Larry, Charles, and the greatest team of all time conquered the world and changed the game of basketball forever. I know that's a mouthful. That's actually the title of the book. Okay? In the book, which you can Google right now and go find on Google Books, page 82. Okay? The author, Jack McCallum, is joining the show in five minutes. The author quotes Michael Jordan as saying to Rod Thorne, remember, Rod Thorne drafted Jordan to the Bulls. Rod Thorne then, by 92, was the chairman of USA Basketball, putting the team together. Rod, I don't want to play if Isaiah Thomas is on the team. Now, I, know, I can already hear you. I can hear you. Well, that's a quote. It's probably from sources we don't know, Jason. Okay, well, this is where it gets beautiful. And again, the internet is your friend. This book... Dream Team, how Michael, Magic, Larry, and Charles conquered, blah, 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 okay? And the, the, the best part is you can look at the actual book on Google Books without buying it. So you can do this homework now. Now, I know that's a lot to ask for all these Jordan sycophants who just refuse facts. That's kind of where we are, sadly, in this society. I'm not going to blame the guy, you know, the commander-in-chief. He hates facts. He doesn't like science. He loves to call fake news. You, you might be yelling fake news at me right now. This is real. This is in a book. These are quotes. Okay? Rod, I don't want to play if Isaiah Thomas is on the team. Okay. Jack McCallum, the author of the book, coming on the show in five minutes. He then writes like three lines later, okay? I wrote that in Sports Illustrated at the time. 
not because Jordan confirmed it, which he didn't, but because at least two reliable sources did. The next sentence. He did confirm it to me in the summer of 2011, which is why they reprint books. I told Rod, I don't want to play if Isaiah Thomas is on the team. Michael Jordan admitted it. Now, Jason, why isn't Jack McCallum quoted in the documentary? Why, why isn't he in there? Jordan, they could have easily asked him this. Ah, yes. This isn't a true documentary where whoever puts it together has the final say. Michael Jordan has the final say on what goes in and what doesn't. Now, you guys know how this works. Well, Jason, why didn't he keep Sam Smith, Jordan rules? Jordan hated that guy. Why didn't he keep him out of it? Well, come on. You can't keep Sam Smith, who wrote like the seminal book of basketball in the 80s, the Jordan rules. You can't keep him off the documentary. You had to. You have to include him. You have to include a little bit of the gambling. A little bit. But Jack McCollum, this book, no, nobody's talking about it in the media. Why not? I, I got no idea. But I think people are going to start to talk about it this week ahead of uh, episode seven. So Michael Jordan, I'm not saying he kept Jack McCallum off the documentary. And again, we'll ask him. Jack told me that he was asked to be in the documentary, but he got bumped at the last minute for Justin Timberlake. Because we have to have Justin Timberlake's 18, oh, Justin Timberlake's 23 seconds in the documentary matters so much. Obviously, right? You need to put Justin Timberlake in the commercials uh, so you can promo it and get that younger demo in. You know, if I were Michael Jordan, I would have done the same thing. Hey, let's tell Jack we want him. Let's tell Jack we want him, and then let's bump him at the last minute. I would have, I'm not saying Jordan did that, but that's what I would have done if I were Jordan. And, and I'm going to ask you guys, I, this is not attacking Michael Jordan. Reminder, he's the greatest player of all time. But historically, what we've seen is he has manufactured these dramas in his head and used it as fuel to destroy people. Uh, Mike Wilbon is quoted in it. You'll see it this week. I'm not going to give it away, but there's a player who hung like, you know, a large number of points on Jordan in a game, and they had a back-to-back. -back. And apparently, as this player's walking off the court, he says, good game, you know, Mike. Not even like starting trash or talking trash. And Jordan gets it in his head. Oh, he's talking, oh, real, oh, real. Jordan comes back the next night and drops, you know, goes off. You'll see it. But we've seen this throughout the documentary. This whole, he didn't make the, the basketball team. That's not true. He was on JV. Jordan, throughout his career, has manufactured drama in his head and then used it to attack. And that's what he's doing with this Isaiah Thomas thing. Now, I'm going to ask you this one, Gavin, before we go to break and get our guest up. Why is Michael Jordan's ex-wife not in this at all? There was no, it wasn't an ugly divorce. His kids are featuring a little bit. I don't even know if his ex-wife, who was with him for 17 years, throughout everything. Again, what, we, and we, we've known this the whole time, is Michael Jordan will have final say on this documentary. And it sounds like you haven't seen 9 or 10. I haven't either. I haven't either. I, they're, could, they're not online. She could be, you know in those but again if michael didn't want her in it just like he didn't want isaiah on the dream team he has that say. yeah yeah uh, i mean again i'm not i don't know what she would add but michael jordan's mom is in it his brother is in it i, I his wife who was with him i would be i would be curious what was life like with michael jordan during the 90s i'm not attacking jordan folks i'm just trying to balance things out you guys aren't seeing it the way i am i got more on this 
But coming up next, we're going to talk to the guy who wrote the book, quoted, confirmed to Jordan in the summer of 2011. I told Rod I don't want to play if Isaiah Thomas is on the team. We'll talk to him next. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron with what's trending in sports. Good morning, Jason. What's trending is the NBA in an hour-long conference call that Commissioner Adam Silver held on Friday with NBA players in which Silver told the players that if the current season resumes, it's expected that fans will not be present when it does. No decision on whether or not to resume the current season needs to be made before June. And Silver also said that if the season does resume, the idea that makes the most sense right now is to return to play collectively at one or two potential sites such as Orlando and or Las Vegas. UFC fighter Jakari Souza will not be fighting in UFC 249 tonight after he and his two cornermen tested positive for the coronavirus. All three asymptomatic. The other 11 UFC 249 bouts will proceed as scheduled tonight in Jacksonville. Before the test results came back, Souza participated in the weigh-in with opponent Uriah Hall on Friday. Both wore masks and gloves and stared down one another, albeit from a distance. In the NFL, the New Orleans Saints released three-time Pro Bowl right guard Larry Warford on Friday to clear salary cap space and also to make room for the first-round draft pick Cesar Ruiz. And finally, Major League Baseball is cutting its 2020 draft from 40 rounds down to only five rounds. Jason, all yours. Take it away. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on Fox Sports Radio, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So I just hyped up our next guest. Um, He's really one of the seminal basketball minds in the sports media from the 80s. He, of course, wrote that great book that I referenced, the Dream Team book from 92. This guy's seen it all. Pistons, Bulls, Jack McCallum from Sports Illustrated joining the show. Jack, uh, good morning. How are you? I'm all right. I recoil at the use of the word mines associated <laughs> with myself. So this is a little frightening, but uh, uh, nice to be here, Jake. Very, very humble, uh, Jack. So, uh, you know, obviously I'm watching The Last Dance uh, as we all are, and uh, it's been fantastic. I noticed you weren't in it, and and that struck me as odd since you did write the book about the Dream Team, the greatest basketball team ever assembled. And and the thing that has really jumped out outside of Scottie Pippen being uh, you know underrated, if you will, is this whole Michael Jordan Isaiah Thomas Dream Team stuff. And I I went to your book, and, and it. You quote Michael Jordan as saying the Rod Thorne stuff, that he didn't want to be on the dream team with Isaiah. Why do you think Jordan is still trying to deny this? It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, it has gone around so many times. You know, when it first happened, uh, now we're talking 1991. Yeah. I remember writing in in 1991 because someone told me, an, an indispensable source, it was not Michael himself, that Michael said, um, I won't play, or something like, I don't want Isaiah on the Dream Team, or whatever form of that. So I wrote that in 1991 based on a source. Right. When I went out to talk to Michael for the Dream Team book, this is in 2010 or 11, you know, I was trying to figure out how to catch that question. You know, because I had to talk about it again. Yeah. And Michael told me that. Uh, and 
I, at yet other times, he's gotten around it by saying some variety of, hey, no Isaiah questions, or I wasn't the one that picked the team, or it wasn't my final decision, all of which is true. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is true. He was not the committee. He did not go around and say, you know, we need Chris Mullen. But there's a complicated answer to this, and there's a simple answer. The complicated answer is Chuck Daly was coaching the team. He was Isaiah's coach. Yes. Did he push to have Isaiah on the team? Jack McCloskey was the Pistons' general manager, was a very, very powerful voice on the USA Basketball Committee. Did he push to have Magic? I'm sorry, Isaiah. Magic was supposedly Isaiah's best friend. He was the captain of the Dream Team. Did he did he lobby to put uh, Isaiah on the Dream Team? None of that happened also. So I think Michael, at various times, most of the time, says to himself, why am I taking all the crap for this? You know, why am I the only one? So the simple answer to me is Michael kind of let it be or let it be known he didn't want him and nobody else rushed to Isaiah's defense. That is absolutely true. So was Michael the sole reason? The answer to that is kind of yes, but also no. There could have been 11 other voices that could have pushed for Isaiah. They did not. They did not push for Isaiah, and I think Michael has resented being the sole reason that Isaiah was not on the team, and it has made me feel bad over the last three or four weeks to see Isaiah kind of deal with this in a not-perfect way, and I do feel sorry for him through this whole thing. I do, but let me tell you, Jason, he was not going to be on that Dream Team. Right. It was not going to happen. We're talking with Jack McCallum, SI writer, wrote a book on the Dream Team. Uh, so, Jack, all that makes sense. I get it. You know, somebody could have pushed for Isaiah. But who was on top of the basketball world at, at the time of the Dream Team? Michael had just won two titles, right? I, I think he went back-to-back ahead of the Dream Team. And it's clear Larry Bird was, as you chronicle in your book, and, and you've been writing on a blog for SI, Larry Bird was broken. He was near the end. He almost didn't want to be on the team, right? Magic Johnson had left the league due to uh, HIV. I, Michael, It was Michael Jordan's league. He was the show. He was well, going to, you know, he, ultimately, he didn't have final say, but he had final say, you know? Well, the best quote about it was actually Bill Lambeer gave to me, and that was actually the team, Jason, was picked right between the months, right at the months when Michael won his first one, 91. They were announced in October 9-1. So the Bulls had won one. Lambeer always said, hey, what if this was a year earlier? Mm. What if this was 18 months earlier? Now the Pistons during 89 and 90, I mean, they were kings of the world. They had figured out how to do this. They had still, they had repelled Jordan. And they had, yeah, they beat the Lakers in a somewhat asterisk series. The Lakers got hurt. But they had perplexed the Trailblazers. I mean, the Trailblazers just didn't know what to do with them. So this was being presented as the most cagey, veteran, tough-minded, smart team that had ever come along. Well, could you have kept Isaiah off had selections been made in mm. 1990? Yeah. But as you say, by 1991, even though Michael had only won one, they, they went from being the people that couldn't beat the Pistons, got repelled throughout the late 80s, to 
absolute kings of the world. I mean, Jordan had always been in that position, sort of. And all he needed to do was win one yep. to get to this seat where he's on top of the mountain. There's nobody else even nearby. So you're right. It was a Michael deal all the way. But a few months earlier, not so easy. Now, let me ask you this, Jack. You, you covered the 80s and 90s very closely. And I, I've argued this. I mean, it, it, trying to talk to Jordan fans is like trying to talk to a wall. They just refuse any facts. They just do everything. It's just they don't get it. Um, he Jordan kind of dominated a very downtrodden NBA in the 90s. Remember, the 80s was Magic and Larry and then the Pistons at the end of the decade. Those three guys, Isaiah, Larry, and Magic, were done by, essentially done, but cooked, their career was over, by like 92, 93. And Jordan beat up the expansion era. Remember, in from 98 to 95, six new teams joined the league. A lot of diluted talent. Uh, is it me or... I? I remember the 90s. I love basketball in the 90s. But looking back on it, it was kind of a weak era in the NBA, was it not? Well, I mean, they. there's no doubt that 72 wins. There's no doubt they picked up a lot of wins you know, with, with teams that may have been a little more diluted. I mean, 72 wins, uh, you know, that's a lot of wins. Was that against a somewhat diluted team? But all I would say is that, and maybe this I am a victim of having covered it back then, you know, the best teams that were in the league, number one, Jordan, I don't care what era that was, Jordan teams would have beat them. And number two, the game was played so much differently. I mean, I knew it sort of in my head, but then I watched these games and there were uh, playoff games. You know, I'm blogging about this week's episode. I mean, there were playoff games. Jordan won one of those, some of those games in the 70s. You know, yeah. It was 88-75. Come it was on. 89. Yeah. And in, in the year, I think it was 99-2000, one team, the Sacramento Kings, which were one of those teams that never quite got over the hump, you know, yeah. the Chris Webber, Paige. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, Vlade teams, they were really good, couldn't get over the hump. They were the only team to average 100 points. Wow. So they, they are essentially playing a different game. So all I would say is a defensive of Jordan. He got the crap beat out of yeah. him in a very, very physical. Do, am I saying LeBron wouldn't have been good in that league? No, of, of course he would. Would Steph have figured out a way to get off his three-point shots? You know, maybe not quite as easy. So... All I'm saying is that the top teams in the league and the way Jordan had to play, to a certain extent, you're correct, but allowing for the fact that I covered him so closely in the 80s and 90s, I would still put Jordan on top of the game and say, yes, some of the wins came of expansion, but I still think he would have reigned supreme over any era. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's taking anything away from Jordan. I, I just like these discussions. We're talking with Jack McCallum. SI writer. Now, Jack, uh, before we get you out of here, so tell us uh, briefly about your uh, Dream Team tapes. you got a new podcast dropping shortly. Yeah, it's coming out uh, the week uh, that America goes back to normal after Michael is done. Uh, I had just, I did a podcast about uh, all, you know, I had saved my tapes miraculously from doing the book. 
And so it's kind of based on uh, it's kind of based on that. It's not a retelling of the book, but it's uh, some stuff from uh, back from when them talking about their days. A couple things back in the Dream Team era, but mostly my tapes from talking them uh, from the perspective of them having twenty years from the book that came out in two thousand twelve. Mm, it sounds fascinating. I can't wait to hear. So we'll hear Larry Bird and Magic and, yes, Michael Jordan. Everybody quoted on these tapes. That's a smart move by you, huh? Yeah, you know, I don't make many of them. Normally, <laughs> if you ask me, hey, where's the tape you made? You know, now we start, as you know, we started taping stuff on the phone. You know, I don't I don't know where the hell it is. I deleted it to put a shopping list on. <laughs> but, but I saved these little radio. I used to love to see the Radio Shack microcassette. I didn't feel good until I saw the circle, you know, the tape going around. You know? yeah. So I saved all of those uh, tapes and had the good sense to know that uh, one of these days, uh, maybe the Dream Team tapes would, yeah. uh, would, would serve me in good stead. All right, Jack McCallum, SI writer, and check out that podcast when it drops Dream Team Tapes. You can follow him on Twitter at McCallum12. Jack, hey, be well. Congrats on the podcast, and uh, keep up the great work. All right, be well out there, Jason. Thank you. Thanks, Jack. Jack McCallum, folks, listen, there it is. Michael Jordan told him I didn't want to play if Isaiah Thomas was on the Dream Team. Why are we making this difficult? I'm sure you guys, uh, Gavin's probably smirking, Boy, Jason, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. Folks, just the facts. (laughs) Just the facts. Coming up next, Deshaun Watson versus the Chicago Bears. What? That's next here on Fox Sports Radio. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Back here on Fox Sports Radio, it's just so funny when everybody gets all angry when I present the facts. I went on social media just now during the break, and the discussion has changed, Gavin. It's not like, well, he didn't keep Isaiah off the Dream Team. There's no evidence. Now it's just, well, who cares that he kept him off the Dream Team? It's, I, I, I can't <laughs> the deal with some of you guys. The are changing. Yeah, it, that's what we do. That's just what we do. Uh, back here on Fox Sports Radio, get your free credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Um, so I don't know the origin of Doug Gottlieb getting into some dust up over quarterbacks and race with John Feinstein. Uh, side note. Gosh, John Feinstein used to be amazing on college basketball. I don't know if he still writes about it, but he used to be amazing like 10, 15 years ago. Anyway, Gottlieb and him get into it, and then um, Doug Gottlieb says, you know, listen, the Chicago Bears did their homework. They interviewed Deshaun Watson. They didn't just take Trubisky because of race. And Deshaun Watson jumps in and says, Actually, I never talked to the Chicago Bears. And uh, as is normal with these kind of internet brouhaha's, evidence comes forth that actually, yes, Deshaun Watson did talk to the Bears. Here we have the clip. So which teams have you visited? Let's walk through it. Which teams have knocked on the Deshaun Watson door and say, let's let's chat? Give me some names, Um, please. I have uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cleveland Browns, Jacksonville, Jaguars, um, the San Fran, uh, 49ers, mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinals, and then Houston Texans, um, the Jets, and the Buffalo Bills. Um, and I've talked to some teams on, on the phone, uh, like Chicago and Baltimore, and just a whole bunch of different teams that kind of just checking in on me. So that was uh, Deshaun Watson on the Rich Eisen show back right before he was drafted. So he did talk to the Bears. So now it becomes, well, Deshaun Watson is lying to try to rewrite history. And guys, this dovetails perfectly into what we were just talking about with Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan. History is something that we all try to change in our minds just a little to fit a narrative. A lot of people do this. It's not the end of the world. Frankly, I I don't really care uh, that Deshaun Watson forgot that he talked to the Bears. I don't. It's it's not a huge deal, but this is what we all try to do with history. We try to tweak it a little bit to fit our narratives, to make the story a little bit better. That's just, that's what happens a lot with history. I mean, listen, I probably have done it on talking about this radio show or FS1. I just saw a highlight on TV. They're showing, I guess, on this date is... In 2016, Steph Curry lit up the Blazers for like 17 points in overtime. And I remember that game vividly. You know why? Because I was in a hotel room out here in L.A. Auditioning for FS1 before we moved out here. And I'll never forget Curry 
I could watch it because I was in L.A. If I was on the East Coast, it would have been like 1230 and I would have been asleep. This is what happens. Like, we forget things in history. Let's not blame Deshaun Watson for forgetting about a phone call three years ago, guys. What are we doing? Let's do better. Fox Sports Radio here. Jason McIntyre Show coming up next. Oh, boy. My main man stops by. Danny Cannell, college football. Hour number two here on Fox Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. Jason McIntyre coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Uh, great guest coming up shortly to break down the NFL uh, NFL schedule release. And again, listen, I, I opened the show talking about it. I was excited. Uh, I've identified games I love in week one, but the season's still four months off. A lot can happen. Uh, and let's bring in our guest. Uh, you know him well. He writes for football. Outsiders, he started it. I think he sold it to ESPN. I don't know. We'll find out all the information. Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders. Aaron, good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yes, still run Football Outsiders. We're owned by Edge Sports, which is a sports consulting company in Louisville. Nice. And, and, and your your stuff appears on ESPN. He's everywhere. You know, listen, that the new media job, Aaron, right, in, in 2020 is not to just be paid by one guy. You want to write everywhere you can and start your own shop on the side, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Get it where you can. Yeah, exactly. So uh, how excited were you for the schedule release? It felt like the most important one that I can remember, given, you know, the current climate in America. Everything does these days. I mean, every kind of every bit of sports news feels more exciting than it usually does. I mean, Mike Glennon signed with the Jaguars. Exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, since you brought up Mike Glennon, Ed, do you have a take? I know you're more of a numbers guy and a stats guy and real smart, but are you surprised Cam Newton is not on a roster? And do you think he will be by week one? I mean, all indications are that a lot of this is because you can't do proper medicals on him because of the COVID-19 crisis, Mm. and nobody knows what the situation is with his medicals, but I am a little surprised. Listen, I mean, look, the basic situation is I'm very surprised that the New England Patriots are really driving into the season with Jared Stidham as their quarterback, but at this point, it's clear that's what they're doing, but I was a big fan of the idea of them trying to sign Cam Newton, but they're not going to do that, and if they're not going to do that, I don't know where the other landing spot is. Yeah, it's it's pretty rough for him. It's interesting this Jarrett Stidham stuff. Do you, is your take that they they must see something they like in Stidham? He was in the organization last year to pass on the likes of Dalton and Cam, or is it just that Bill Belichick has a colossal ego and he knows you know what I lost Brady. I don't care. I'm gonna I'm gonna trot out a guy nobody's ever seen. You couldn't identify him in a lineup, uh, and we're gonna win ten games and win the AFC East again. Well, his ego is about winning, so he wouldn't make a decision unless he felt it was going to contribute to them winning. So they must feel they see something in him that other people didn't see going into the draft. I don't think they're tanking. Some people believe that the Patriots are deliberately tanking to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, but they wouldn't have brought back some of the defensive veterans that they brought back if they were looking to tank the season. You wouldn't spend money on those players if you were really looking to give up. So they see something in Stidham 
that the, neither the scouts nor the analytics saw in him when he came out of Auburn. We're talking with Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders. So you had a smart uh, note this week uh, I saw on social media where um, I, I think a lot of uh, you know basic people out there who follow the league are using last year's uh, record for teams when assessing this year's schedule. And I think I saw you say that that's kind of a silly way to do it because so many players move around the league. So many coaches change. Why do you think uh, people keep it so basic and identify schedules that way when identifying the most difficult versus the easiest? Well, because if you're if you want to look at how good the teams are going to be in 2020, I mean, you've got to go through each team and come up with some sort of a projection for how good they're going to be and put that all together and then run numbers on it. And that's how you get a schedule strength like I use, where our schedule strength is based on our projections. Now, there is actually an easier way to do that, which is to use Vegas win total. Mm. If you use the Vegas over-unders, you'll get a schedule strength that looks somewhat similar to what I have. I mean, there's differences. There's teams that I have different than Vegas, but... You'll account for the fact that Tampa Bay has Tom Brady now, and they're probably better than a 7-9 and nine team, and Pittsburgh is getting Ben Roethlisberger back, and they're probably better than an 8-8 eight and eight team, and Baltimore, as good as they are, is probably not going to go 14-2 and two again. Now, do you, you said a phrase that uh, a lot of listeners on this show, we got a lot of degenerate gamblers, are going to want to uh, identify. Different than Vegas. Um, I would love to know which teams you have different projected win totals for uh, 2020 than Vegas. I think the biggest surprise among my projections is I have San Francisco lower than almost anybody else. Ooh. And the reason why, well, it has to do with whether you build your, your projections from the top down or the bottom up, whether you look at sort of overall numbers and trends or you look at the talent on the team. Because if you look at the talent on the team, it certainly looks like that San Francisco team is differentiated in talent from the other teams in the league. But if you look at top-down trends, a lot of teams that take a huge step forward the way San Francisco did last year take a step back the year after that. And to give you an example of that, the Los Angeles Rams. A year ago, we all would have been thinking of the Rams as an absolute sure Super Bowl contender because they had so much talent. After all, they had just gone to the Super Bowl and lost it. What happens next year? They drop to 9-7. and seven. Oh, yeah. It turns out that all the talent we thought was on the Rams, you know, with some exceptions like Aaron Donald, was not quite as talented as mm. we thought. So the same thing could happen with San Francisco. I think their offense is going to miss Emmanuel Sanders. I think Joe Staley for Trent Williams, people are going to think, oh, they got Trent Williams. It's a big step up. Joe Staley is a pretty good player. I mean, that's trading a good player for a good player, not a bad player for a mm-hmm. good player. And their defense is, is going to miss Buckner. Interesting. So 49ers worse. Is there a team that you have significantly higher than Vegas? Well, I'm still working on early things here, but you're going to like this one. New York Jets? Detroit. Oh, Detroit Lions. Yes. Now, before you answer, let me say more for Aaron. Uh, I got to say, guys, he puts out the football outsider Bible, if you will, the PDF right before the season, uh, maybe during preseason, and it is a must-read. And you are the reason I jumped on the Lions last year. Your breakdown of what – Patricia does defensively and getting pieces to fit the system was so phenomenal. I read that and I was like, holy cow. I loved the Lions last year. And, and I, then it didn't work out. It didn't work out. But again, <laughs> it, it it was working out, Aaron. They were 2-0-1. They lost that heartbreaker to the Chiefs where you know there was that goal line fumble that was questionable. And then the next week they had a primetime game against the Packers. And I'll never forget that incredible comeback aided by a couple questionable referee decisions, and it kind of spiraled, and the quarterback got hurt, blah, blah, blah. What do you see about the yeah. Lions that you love? 
the offense was playing pretty well until Stafford got hurt. So yep. you have to assume there's going to be a bit, just like Pittsburgh, big offensive upgrade going from backup quarterbacks to the starter. And then the defense, again, added a lot of pieces. Now, it's hard to know just how good those pieces are because a lot of those pieces that they added came from New England. And yes. a lot of the talent in New England was from the secondary. And that secondary is still in New England. It's <laughs> the front seven talents that moved to Detroit, yeah. uh, with the exception of Deron Harmon, who's a safety. But they added a lot of defensive talent that plugged their defensive system. And then also we see Green Bay coming back. Green Bay was not as good as its record last year. Yes. And Minnesota lost a good amount of talent, Stephon Diggs, Everson Griffin, et cetera. So you see those two teams coming back to the pack a little bit, and it moves Detroit up. Yeah. How come more people aren't noticing this about the Vikings? Didn't they lose three guys in their secondary? I think they've got to replace five defensive starters. I, well, I, I don't get it. So not all those guys in the secondary that they lost were good. Right, Ray, true. Xavier Rhodes was, was unbelievably flammable last year. <laughs> but, I mean, I think losing your number two pass rusher in Everson Griffin and losing your number one or number two wide receiver in Stephon Diggs, is, that's a lot of loss. Yeah. Um, all right, we're talking with Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders. L- let me get two more teams on the way out here. Uh, we touched on the Patriots, but I got to ask Buffalo Bills. Uh, a lot of people seem to like them. I have a feeling a lot of that has to do with how they ended last season, looking good uh, for three and a half quarters against the Texans before the collapse, uh, and adding digs, but also the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, if you could just talk quickly about the Bills and Cowboys. Oh, every projection, anybody who does projections like mine, is going to love Dallas this year because, mm. I mean, even if you think Dallas is going to come back, go back a little bit, they were so good last year. They were four in our numbers last year, yeah. despite the fact that they only went eight and eight. They, their underlying play-by-play performance was so much better than their actual record. And so now you have better head coaching. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy, you know, for all that you criticize, he gets conservative at the end of games when he has leads. But he's actually pretty aggressive on fourth down, so there's a lot of things to like about him as a head coach when it comes to in-game decision-making. And, of course, they were, their offense was so good last year, and there's no reason to think it's going to get any worse, especially when you add C.D. Lamb to it. I mean, yes, there is Travis Frederick, losing Travis Frederick, but they already had the center who played for Frederick the year before. So they do have a backup there to slide in. So Dallas looks like a really good team this year. I noticed you didn't uh, the, mention their defense, though. Losing their best defensive back, arguably, in Byron Jones, or number one pass rusher, uh, probably in Robert Quinn. Uh, I think they lost. I would three. think of Demarcus Lawrence as their number yeah, one okay. pass rusher. But, yeah, no, they lost pieces off their defense. We have their defenses below average. Yeah. Okay, uh, so Cowboys, you like them a lot again. Oof. And Buffalo Bills, Aaron? Well, Buffalo, again, strong defense, but it's pro- you know, you always expect defense to regress towards the mean because defense is just much harder to predict than offense is. Now, even saying that, we have Buffalo right now as our number one defense for this year. Ooh. But their offense is still really hamstrung by the fact that they have this very inaccurate quarterback. I know Buffalo fans don't like to hear it, but it's like we like everything about that team except for the quarterback. You love the defense. You love the head coach. You love adding Stephon Diggs. You love the fact that that division now looks really easy since the Patriots are no longer that daunting an opponent. I think Buffalo, we're going to be in this strange place where we have Buffalo, their average projection is worse than they were last year, mm. but they're still the division favorite wow. because the Patriots drop more than the Bills drop. What, that's interesting. Now, I wonder if that opens the door for my Jets at all. <laughs> well, the Jets, here's the thing. Most injured team in the league last year. Mm. 
And if you consider the players coming back from injury like C.J. Mosley, they add a lot of defensive talent. A lot still depends on Sam Darnold, yeah. and he put it together, right? Quarterbacks who play that badly in their first two years rarely turn it around, but there are reasons to believe that he could be an exception, like he's very young and what happened with Mono last year, but he's hamstrung by that offensive system. I don't think anybody thinks him and Gaze is a good marriage. Oh, gosh, yeah. Doesn't this get you excited about football? It's like the season's right around the corner, and then you look at the calendar. Oh, geez, four months? What the heck? Oh, not to mention the questions. I mean, the fact is we all have to live with questions about whether training camp is going to happen on time, whether preseason will happen on time, whether the season will happen on time. But uh, for those of us on the outside, there's nothing we can do about those things. And so all we can do is just get excited for football when it actually is going to be played. And so we're excited for it. Yes, indeed. Aaron Chats, Football Outsiders. Follow him on Twitter, F-O underscore A-Shats, Aaron Chats. Hey, thanks a lot. Keep up the good work and stay healthy, Aaron. Hey, thanks. Same to you, too, man. All right. Uh, that was good stuff on the NFL. I got to say, I love when he gets excited about my Jets. Um, most injured team in the league. I didn't know it was number one. That's good to know. Um, I'm a little worried about the Niners being down. I, I have them going to the Super Bowl. I, t- I love the talent. Uh, <laughs> we weren't able to get a, a Charger question. In. Yeah, you know. Listen, There's not much to go off right now. The schedule's cool. tough. Yeah. It's not favorable. And uh, Tyrod Taylor. A, they have to go back-to-back to Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Oh, oh man. Drew it, Brees and Brady back-to-back. Yeah, that's listen, a, that defense is good, though. If healthy, they're going to they're gonna scare some people. That's right. All right, so uh, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, uh, we're going to quickly go back to Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Let me, let me just set this scenario for you. I know people are angry and huffy on social media. Just chill before you pivot to Twitter and yell at me. So Michael Jordan and the Bulls win the title, his third straight one in the first set of three. They win 57 games. Jordan quits on the Bulls to play baseball. They win 55 games the next year. What are we supposed to make of that? 57 to 55 after the GOAT leaves. We know when Jordan leaves, what happens? Cavs fall off a cliff. Heat pretty much fall off a cliff. They, the Bulls only lost two more games when Jordan left. What do we do with that information? I'll tell you next year on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Iowa Sam always does this to me. This isn't Tevin Campbell, is it? New edition. It's not Bobby Brown. Jackson, no, it's not Jackson 5. Is it Bruno Mars? Gosh, he sounds like somebody from the 80s. It's just so good. You just want to shrug your shoulders to this, maybe bob your head a little bit. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. It's so funny. I was talking about the Doug Gottlieb, Deshaun Watson, John Feinstein stuff earlier. I look at my phone, Doug Gottlieb. What's the call-in number? Ah, gotta love Gottlieb. Check it in on the show. Shout out to him. Shout out to whole of, everybody at Fox Sports Radio. Crushing it on the podcast downloads. Um, I think this show's doing a fairly good job. Um, that's just a guess. We yeah. are. Yeah, I, I know. I've seen. I, I know. <laughs> uh, and listen, guys, I, I'm sorry to keep murdering everybody out there on this whole expansion discussion. Somebody just sent me uh, a story. 1996 in the uh, Desert News. I guess it's a news, news, blah, newspaper in Utah. January 5th, 1996. NBA rosters diluted thanks to expansion. Here's a quote from Dennis Rodman from the Bulls, January 1996. This league is so filtered and watered down, we can beat anybody with our eyes closed, pretty much, said Rodman. That was the year they were on their way to 72 wins. Jerry Sloan, coach of the Utah Jazz. You look at the overall picture, it is diluted to some extent. I mean, folks, this is pretty obvious. When you look at the facts, and again, I know that a lot of people are out there allergic to facts. They refuse to just accept stuff as what it is. But 1988 to 1995, six teams added to the NBA. The, the talent in the league, there was like a talent drain. It, it's obvious. I, I, I know people want to say, oh, 
come on, the 80s and 90s were way better than today. No, that is not a fact. 80s were awesome. I loved it. I, I Maybe somebody could check this out. I believe when the Celtics won the title in 86, there were 23 teams in the league. They added teams late 80s, early 90s as the league grew. This era right now is way tougher. Do you know how many European players are talented and in the league? How many European players were in the NBA in the late 80s, early 90s? We didn't, you just didn't have the global reach. Asian players. The league has gotten so much better now. I mean, it's just, it's undeniable. Now, let's look at this Jordan drop-off, okay? And I've done the homework. And I'm getting kind of, uh, I don't want to tease too much. I know, uh, Gavin, we don't like spoilers on this show. There was 23 teams at the time, by the way. 23 teams in 1986. Interesting, yeah. Now, this isn't the 1960s where there's 12 teams in the league. And there's off-duty firefighters coming off the bench for the Minneapolis Lakers. Okay? And, And that's not to denigrate guys. Listen, man, I know Will Chamberlain was utterly dominant. He's one of the 15 best players in NBA history. But go look at those videos. It was basically Chamberlain, Russell, and, and like somehow the Boston Celtics got like every good guard in the league. Guys want to tell me Oscar Robertson's better than Steph Curry. Oscar Robertson was awesome. He was incredible. Average a triple-double. Now look at the rest of the league. It was totally an anomaly, Oscar Robertson, in his era. Would he be great now? Of course he would. Of course he would be a very good basketball player now. He wouldn't be Steph Curry. I'm sorry. Steph Curry, transcendent player. Okay, back again to the Bulls. And I'm not getting ahead of last dance. I'm kind of teasing it, if you will. 92-93 Bulls win 57 games, beat up on the Suns for the third straight championship. That was a good Suns team with Barkley. Jordan, who was exhausted at the time, exhausted from three straight title runs, quits. I think retire is too nice of a word. He quit. Goes to play baseball. So now it's Scottie Pippen and whatever Jerry Krause had assembled, and they win 55 games. Okay? Now, the three kind of players that the Bulls added after Jordan quit, Kukoc, who they had drafted and was like, he was an incredible player overseas. They called him the waiter because all he did was serve up assists. Tony Kukoc. And, of course, he was lethal, the lefty. Um, They also added Steve Kerr, and they added a guy by the name of Pete Myers. Okay? Just as a footnote on Pete Myers, who started 81 games the year after Jordan left. This is a testament to Phil Jackson's greatness as a coach. And Krause, who kind of knows something about putting a team together. Crumbs. You guys know where they got the nickname Crumbs for Jerry Krause? He's like the little kind of like five foot three GM of the Bulls who Jordan just kicks around like a dog the entire last dance. They called him Crumbs because he would eat snacks at the front of the bus. And Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen would see it and laugh at him because all he was doing was eating. And they derisively called him Crumbs because he would leave Crumbs on the bus. That's so harsh. Like, to his face, they would call him Crumbs. Like, I mean, that's kind of messed up. 
But listen, this is how Jordan treated people. You could argue, listen, some of the great uh, people, in the, great rulers, um, most ruthless rulers in the history of the world have treated people poorly. Michael Jordan treated a lot of people like garbage. We had a guest that he punched in the face, Will Perdue. We had him on the show a couple weeks ago. But to get where he is, sometimes you got to do that. There's other ways to get to the top, but this is the one Jordan chose. Anyway, Pete Myers, a guy who was not even in the NBA the two prior years that he got to the Bulls. Okay? Think about this. He was in Italy. He comes to the Bulls, who had won three straight titles, and he starts 81 games. Think about that. Not even in the NBA, comes to the Bulls, and he helps them win 55 games. How does this happen? Gavin, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it to you, okay? We've got plenty of time. How do the Bulls go from 57 wins and a third straight championship? Jordan quits, and they win 55. Phil Jackson in the triangle. Okay. That's one theory. Phil Jackson, I mean, listen, Phil Jackson, great. Is there another theory that the East was so bad and overrated that, yeah, you could still win 55 games with Scottie Pippen, Tony Kukoc, Horace Grant, B.J. Armstrong, Scott uh, Scott Williams. Like, is that a theory, Gavin? That the East was watered down and not as good as we remember it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody wants to hype up the Knicks. I love those Knicks. Anthony Mason. Mason, your face. He was a bad boy. What is Anthony Mason in the NBA right now? Is he in the NBA right now? You could say, yes, well, his skill set would have adapted. I mean, listen, if you're going to do that, if you're going to play that game, everybody's skill set adapts. But Anthony Mason, really good defender. This guy came out of nowhere to play for the Knicks. John Starks came out of nowhere. You don't get a lot of those now in the NBA. John Starks was bagging groceries at Safeway. And within four years, he was defending Michael Jordan in, in, in the 93 Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not making this up. This is facts. John Stark. Now, Kurt Warner is the only other one on this level. Kurt Warner, of course, stocking shelves, I believe, in Iowa. We've got to have an Iowa reference every week for Iowa Sam <laughs> and that guy on Twitter who, who just has all the Iowa sports facts. It's pretty impressive. I think it's a relative of yours, and you just don't want to admit it. He, he, you he's are related not, to him. No. Not, not at all. I don't know. Don't he's know. just a big Iowa fan. And he's a big Jason McIntyre fan. By the way, how about the photo of Iowa Sam rollerblading <laughs> with his dog? Yes, they really up overnight. Talk about a throwback to the 90s. That felt very, very <laughs> iconic, like the Beatles walking in the street. Abbey Road. Abbey Road. <laughs> Iowa Sam rollerblading with his dog. Kind of, who took that photo? Your girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. It's her, it's her dog, but he, he's my dog, too. We we were out, uh, and I'm uh, kind of rekindling some old uh, quarantine hobbies, you know? Or, well, old hobbies as in quarantine. Yeah. You know, like, I used to love rollerblading and thought I'd give it a go. I like that. I, I a you know, exercise. Get in the exercise. That's important. Um, and not to go too off topic, but I mean, basically, the Bulls guys when Jordan left made cosmetic changes, not massive ones, and they won fifty-five games. You're telling me that's not a diluted NBA? The Knicks, the Pacers. I mean, can we stop with the hagiography of Jordan? Like, guy never missed a shot. I, I, Okay, final note. Let's go to break and come back because, I mean, Gavin, it's funny. People were like, LeBron in 2018 got swept by the Warriors. I said, time out!
Go look at that roster. Kevin Love was the second leading scorer. Remember, this is after Kyrie left, demanded out. It was LeBron, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith. Uh, who was that other guy? George Hill. I said, would Michael Jordan have gotten that team out of the first round? <laughs> I'm being honest. Well, it's an all-time team he was facing, too. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the 17, 18 Warriors with KD. Like, yeah, come on. That's an all-time team. Yeah, I mean, not that team was amazing. And I said, would Michael Jordan have gotten this team out of the first round? They're like, oh, yeah, Jordan wouldn't have got by Victor Oladipo and Jason Tatum. I mean, guys, like, what are we, what are we doing here? Are we just... I mean, Jason Tatum, people are crapping on Jason Tatum's name now and Victor Oladipo now. So when Jordan got dusted by Sidney Moncrief in 1984, oh, well, Sidney Moncrief's in the Hall of Fame. Can we wait? Uh, do we know Victor Oladipo or Tatum are not going to make the Hall of Fame? Uh, DeMar DeRozan could be in the Hall of Fame, guys. I mean, listen, again, this is the stuff I love. Jordan, LeBron. We could do this. I could do this for three hours. I don't want to. But we'll take calls from Rob Parker and Chris Broussard. I'll put them in their place. I love those guys. They're way <laughs> off on this. All right, we're going to do something next. I don't know what it's going to be. But Isaac Lowenkron, tell me, what is trending in sports? Jason, UFC 249 set to take place tonight in Jacksonville. It will proceed as scheduled despite fighter Jakari Souza and two of his cornermen testing positive for the coronavirus. All three are asymptomatic, but Souza's bout has been canceled. He had been scheduled to face Uriah Hall, but the other 11 bouts will proceed as scheduled tonight in Jacksonville. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver on Friday held a one-hour conference call with NBA players. Silver said that if the current season resumes, it is expected the fans will not be present. No decision on whether or not to resume the current season needs to be made before June. And if the current season does resume, the idea that makes the most sense right now is to return to play at only one or two potential sites like Las Vegas and or Orlando. In the NFL Friday, the New Orleans Saints released three-time Pro Bowl right guard Larry Warford to clear salary cap space and also to make room for first-round draft pick Cesar Ruiz. Major League Baseball is cutting its 2020 draft from 40 rounds down to five rounds. Major League Baseball is also going to limit the bonuses for undrafted players to $20,000 plus the cost of a potential college scholarship. As Super Agent Scott Boris told Ken Rosenthal, quote, we probably should have bought a billboard that said, go play other sports after Little League, unquote. Oh, snap! And finally, Jason, <laughs> this just in, Jason McIntyre's use of the word hagiography moments ago, oh. the first time that word has ever been successfully utilized in the history of Sports Talk Radio. Wow! So, I'm Mark but did Jason. I pronounce it wrong? You had the silent G. I think I had the G. Yeah, uh, it, it's the thought that counts. Dang it. It's the thought that counts. So you still get credit for it right, in I'll the take, archives. Hey, man, I'll take credit. Uh, all right, Isaac, thank you. Hey, uh, you know what? We haven't done like a quarantine check-in. I want the audience, uh, Isaac, to hear this story about Gavin's dog. I, I didn't even know this existed. I had to tell my kids about it last week. It was so cool. I, I'm sure it. you've heard it, Isaac. Gavin, tell us you just recently got a dog. Um, yes. And then again, I'd never really had pets growing up, but we had like my, we had two birds. My parents are like, we're not getting pets. We're not, who's going to take care of them? We had some fish, never got a dog, but my kids want a dog badly. And the wife is putting the kibosh. I'm staying out of it. Gavis, tell us what it, Gavin, tell us what it's like <laughs> to have a young dog at home. 
Well, okay, so we have a four-month-old German Shepherd. Hmm. Um, having the dog quarantined in the house, especially when it's a puppy, it's been difficult, you know, very antsy, has a ton of energy. For a while, we couldn't take her on walks because when you get a, a dog from a shelter and, you know, at their age, you they have to go through a certain amount of shots and, and things like that. Okay. Um, right now, we're going through some training with her because she is a German Shepherd. She has some teething and aggression issues and a little bit of separation anxiety. So what we're actually doing, because we were doing a lot of research on trainers and Pretty much every trainer under quarantine right now wants to do virtual training. Mm. So we opted for what's called a board and train, which is where you leave the dog with the trainer for several weeks. Ours was three weeks. It can it can vary. Um, and they are basically working with the dog 24-7 to work on those issues. We've gotten great progress videos out of it. It's tremendous what they've able, been able to do within the first week. And then when they get her back to us, we will continue that training. We kind of go through our own training um, and then pass that on. So the word board reminds me of the idea of boarding school. Yes. Is this, that what this is? Yeah. So, uh, again, there's like definitely varying versions of this. This one is someone's house. Um, and I think they, they have one other dog right now that's getting trained. So it's primarily she's getting most of the attention, you know, just between yeah. two dogs. Um, but yeah, and they live there and they are, you know, for a couple weeks or, you know, going through the, the training throughout the day. Interesting. Yeah. So the idea of boarding school, uh, did you guys, parents ever threaten you with, listen, if you don't clean this act up, I'm going to just ship you to boarding school. We, it was military school for us. Ooh. That was the, the threat. I, I was Mostly saying, for my brother. Cause he acted out a lot. Not me. Oh yeah. Military or boarding or are they, they're not the same thing. They're not the same thing. Boarding school is like you go to a place, you live in a dorm strict sort of academia yeah. you know uh military maybe more manual labor and you know physical uh you know yeah conditioning do you think it it's similar to do you guys have you guys seen school ties brendan fraser yes great yeah. movie yeah. oh yeah, yeah really i remember movie. that check that out by the way by uh, the way in additional gavin news uh jason are you hmm. aware of the new background picture on his uh twitter page <laughs> no so uh. check that out right now Yes, it is uh, from The Last Dance, which Sam has yet to see The Last Dance still. But, uh, yeah. I was Sam. Thanks for airing me out there, Gavin. Michael Jordan and Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> That's right. When That's uh, right. Phil Jackson uh, basically told Seinfeld to leave the locker room, is that correct, Gavin? Oh, yeah, that's exactly what nice. it is. Nice. Yep. Good, good grab there. <laughs> uh, um, it's interesting, the, the dog boarding school, because uh, my parents also threatened me with boarding school when I would act up. I acted up. <laughs> And I just wonder if parents out there now are doing that. Are they doing that with their kids? Because my my son, who's now a third grader, went through a moment where it was like a month where he was just acting out. And I was like, where are you getting this from? Dude, I'm not going to put up with this. You know what? I'll just send you to boarding school. And they're like, what's that? So I sit him down and tell him about boarding school. Got sat right up, cleaned up their act. <laughs> now, I couldn't. Uh, there's just no way I could send my kid to boarding school. Not the, now no. with the COVID. But, I mean, just in general. Like, I've got, as a parent, like, you've got to get through those tough challenges. I, I will say, it has been, it would have been very difficult for us if we weren't getting the videos of our dog. Yeah. And because we were seeing her progress and she's looking happy. And if, if we had no contact and no visibility, that would be impossible. It would have been really hard. Yeah. I mean, and that's I, a dog. <laughs> this I, isn't your kids. My my wife brought this up last night. She's like, 
you know, we're in a good role with the quarantine schooling. Schools have already officially been canceled. We're in our little district for the school year. And, they, you know, the superintendent sent out this ominous email about we don't know what the plan is to go back. We're kicking around ideas. It's not a lock that there's school in the fall. I, I, I'm being honest, guys. I know everybody's starting to get pumped up. America's opening up. I agree. Yes, this is really good. There, It's not a lock that there's school in the fall. And we're going to talk about that with a guest at, at uh, 9 o'clock here about college football and colleges. Every school is different. I think it's the most intriguing thing of all of this is what will change forever because of the quarantine? Like, again, maybe movie theaters never come back. We don't – I'm not – that's not probably going to happen, but we don't know what changes that have been made because yeah. of the quarantine will stay that way, you know. The, the, uh, yeah, the big one is just being in enclosed spaces for multiple hours. And if you know, there's a story out of Chicago. It made the rounds several weeks ago about a guy who, early in the coronavirus, like one weekend, it was there was a birthday party he went to. Uh, there was a sit down. Uh, there was like obviously a funeral, and then there was like the after the funeral gathering. So I was saying you read the story, right? I did. Funeral. I did. Yes. Uh, birthday party, and then there was one other thing he went yeah, to. He ended up it, in the span of a weekend. He died, and he gave it to like. You know, I don't know. Did 16 he end other up dying? People. He, ended he up did, dying? and wow. then two other people or three three other people died. The problem is, if you go in these enclosed spaces, um, it really enhances the chances of you getting it if you're not wearing a mask. Well, he was also like hugging people. And, he was, you know, yeah. This, this is family yeah. events. I mean, yeah, and that's. But how how can we eliminate being in an enclosed space with other people for the rest of? We can't. Well, in the it's fall, part of our existence. I think you can in the summer. It's easy. You don't have to be enclosed. You stay outdoors a lot. But like. If your kid is trying to have a summer birthday party, you've got to have it outside. You can't have it indoors. You just can't. I don't think you can. And that's a lot of businesses. Well, you're raising your eyes. You would? Uh, wait. Indoor? Well, I don't know. It depends I'm on the venue. Like, okay. Anywhere indoors where you're having like 30 people, parents and kids hanging out, gathering for three hours. That's not a good environment with the COVID spreading as quickly as it does. Yeah, right now, no. But hmm. in the future, I think we can get wait, back well, to those things. Again, the- Eventually, the hope is there will be a vaccine in a year, year and a half. Okay, people love that number. But year and Gavin, half. that a year from now, that means this winter from several states. I mean, hell, half the country, the Midwest, Iowa, Minnesota, the Northeast, from November to February, it, you're going to be cooped up. Is school going to happen in those states? Well, with the again, potential see, that's spread? where I get confused because I thought we were quarantining to stop the hospital. From getting overwhelmed. Right. I didn't know we were quarantining to not get the corona. We're all going to get it. Like, it's it's going to happen. Like, it's, again, that's the thing. That's where I think there's the confusion nationwide is, like, why are we quarantining? Because if it's for the hospitals, that's one thing. But if it's to not get it, I, I can't do that. I can't live inside forever. I think it was initially for the hospitals, right? And then the hospitals didn't. It never happened because, hopefully, of the quarantining. But you know what? My mom works at a hospital, and they're furloughing people. Her hours are changing. The hospital's not making any money. That's the the next level, yeah. And now they're having to mark people as COVID patients because they'll get grants from the government. It's all messed up. It's it's terrible. No, the doctors, yeah, it's... It's really yeah, there, there are furloughs situation. at hospitals now because oh, they're yeah. not getting the elective stuff. The well, I had my dentist it. call uh, real quick before we break. Um, you guys, I think I mentioned it on the show. I was flossing, uh, what is this, uh, I guess late February. A tooth breaks in half, and I had to get a crown. That's right. I remember so it was this, a yeah. two-step process. 
They make a mold of the tooth, send it away. They send it back like 10 days. They put a plate of fake tooth in, okay? Of course, midway through the process, everything shuts down. So I've had a fake tooth in. I'm <laughs> telling you, for the first, and it's a molar. It's not a small one. For the first, uh, I don't know, 10 days, I had to floss like before between every meal because any food that gets in there, you don't want to risk getting another cavity. Eventually, I just stopped eating on one side of my mouth. And they finally <laughs> called me this week and were like, yo, we're starting to ramp it up. What do you have for June 1st? I was like, June 1st? Forget that. May 15th. Get me on the books. They're like, oh, well. Anyways, listen, you're right. We got to open up. Coming up next year on Fox Sports Radio, dovetailing off the conversation just now, what is college football going to look like over the next year? Okay. Outdoor stadiums should be okay, right? We'll talk about that next year on Fox Sports Radio. Back here on Fox Sports Radio. Um... I have a dark question. You know, like one of the things I think it's helped me in my career has is authenticity. And I, you know, it hurts me sometimes. I remember that story I told uh, <laughs> about the guy who shattered my wife's window and, you know, I got the information on the guy. Remember that? And I took heat. People thought I was a crazy person. I'm going to ask this. I probably should have saved it for the end of the show, but who cares? Okay. Iowa Sam and Gavin, just a pointed question. Have either of you given a passing thought at all during the quarantine about getting any home protection and not an alarm system? Yes. I have, I, Sam? I have actually talked to my girlfriend about that. No. I, I'm, I'm not really worried about someone breaking in okay. right now. I'm not saying worried. I'm just saying, have you given any thought to it? No. Home protection? No. Do you need to, should you be strapped? No. At all. You've given no thought. Gavin, how no, much I, of a discussion did you have with the girlfriend? No, it was more of a theoretical discussion um, about, you know, where things could go and mm-hmm. and what protection you you would want to do in that case. It's interesting. I, I can see Iowa Sam with that smirk on his face in his head. <laughs> Burglars like, are staying at home right Jason now, all right? Is a crazy, crazy dude. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I, don't, I don't think we're there yet. They're breaking into their own homes. That's not, that's not happening yet. We're not there. As unemployment rises, um, as this goes on. You know what's really scary? They're releasing people that they've arrested for crimes. 100,000% because they don't want all these idiots in jail getting Well, they got to put some people in there, especially if they're committing six crimes in a day and getting arrested six and, times. And Yeah. you. They don't want to – cops don't want to arrest people now. They just don't because of the COVID. I mean, you have to do something bad to get arrested, but it's interesting. If you you could say people aren't committing crimes now, but it's not about now. It's like loading up at Costco. You don't want to load up when the stuff goes down. It's too late. You want to get ready before. So I just wanted to put that question out there. Okay. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Um just so you know where I'm on at on that, right now, to go into one of those stores, they will test your temperature. And you have to make an appointment to go into one of those stores. You can't just roll up and be like, hey, what's going on? Okay. Uh, college football. Will there be fans in stadiums this fall? Now, NFL, we really haven't heard either way from Goodell. One assumes there will probably be fewer fans than normal. But college, I just I can't get past this, guys. If we may not, ha- we may have a bunch of schools who play college football. This SEC is raring to go, and then other schools. California, 
I got to be honest. I don't know. UCLA, do you know how many people come from Asia to go to UCLA? Are they going to be coming? Are they going to be quarantined? We got a lot of questions to ask, folks. We're going to talk about that next um, really, really interesting topic, college football. What's up? I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hour number three here on Fox Sports Radio. Hello, boys and girls. It's me, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Hey, um, Isaac, before I jump into anything, I was listening to one of the other hosts, and he mentioned that the Korean baseball televised this week did awful tv ratings is that accurate i'll have to look that up to see specifically but what is meant by awful tv ratings relatively speaking is is that in relation to live nfl football or is it in relation to everything else that's going on right now i I think it depends on uh, on the eye of the beholder if you will yes yes i was saying you have something i think it was like overnight like a couple hundred thousand viewers 100, oh, 200,000 viewers. That's but not very good. I think good. they were expecting more. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. That I guess that was the point. I just hadn't followed it. I personally have not watched it. Like, listen, I know a lot. Listen, I like gambling, obviously. 
But I like gambling on certain things. You know, <laughs> going to Vegas and gambling. Vegas, NFL, college football, college basketball, some NBA. Maybe for a big horse race, I'll throw down some bucks. Maybe I'll do some uh, golf gambling. But I'm not just going to, like, start throwing money down the tubes on Korean baseball. That's just not happening. You know? Anyways. Uh, hour number three here. We've had a lot of fun so far. And, and we, we touched on the topic about college football this fall and whether or not there will be fans in the stadiums. Because college football, actually, I, I think the home field advantage means way more in college football than in the NFL, right? You just can't go into Ohio State and, and, and win. It's just, I mean, Baker Mayfield did it. But by and large, home field advantage is massive in college football. And I just don't know if that's going to be the case this fall. I, I, I don't know what it's going to look like, but it is interesting, is it not, Iowa Sam, as our resident Big Ten correspondent, that the one conference that's been outspoken about, hey, we're playing, we don't care what everyone else is doing, is the SEC. Not surprised at all. Yeah, they're they're going all out in the SEC. And, you know, I wanted to bring in our next guest, um, a guy I've known for a while. He's a big college football guy. And, uh, you know, he he's making it sound like college football is going to happen, and it's a lock. And I don't know. I, I got to be honest, guys. Like, just because the SEC wants it and they need it badly, I mean, these are small – there's a lot of small towns in the SEC, and they essentially uh, – Provide all the all the shot in the arm financially for every single uh, small town. The, the universities do. And when I look at you know some things like the obesity rates in the SEC, that is a huge factor when it comes to COVID nineteen. You are much more susceptible to struggle. Okay, to put it mildly, if you are you know, have one of these situations like obesity. And that's rampant. Go look at a map on obesity rates, and it's like this, the entire South is like leading the way. And you're telling me all those people in the South are just going to pack college football stadiums and tailgate like normal? I I just don't think that's possible. I know you want it, but are they all going to wear masks? Iowa Sam, if you go back to Iowa one weekend and you get tickets to a Hawkeyes game, you're definitely wearing a mask, right? I would. I, I would do anything that they asked to, uh, if, for me to gain entry to a game. I mean, is your guess that if they say you have to wear a mask to the stadium, it'll or 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 some kind of covering, you know, handkerchief, whatever, you can't get in without one. You think that'll be a deterrent? Are people going to say, you know what, I don't need that? You think? Uh... And that's going to be interesting because there's a lot of people out there, guys, who just want to ignore science right now. We're not going to go full capacity. I just think that that is the most. I, I, probably not going to happen. What do you the mean? The most unlikely full capacity for a, for a crowd, for a, for a full capacity. Yeah, we're for not going to see seventy thousand at Auburn, Alabama. No, maybe maybe you let in like fifteen thousand, and they have to wear masks, and like like families can sit together, but they're like you know kind of separate from each other. Yeah, sprinkled throughout so the stadium. You, yeah, if you looked at the Korean baseball, there was a clip going around social media. Um, the first games had no fans, and then I guess they let in spaced out fans, and it was like one fan wearing a mask banging together like thunder sticks to create this artificial noise. The big difference is college football outside. That's huge. Um, College basketball. College basketball inside. And I'm worried about college basketball, folks. We just, I I talked about it. There was a, there was a breakdown of 
how much more likely you are to contract COVID-19 if you're indoors, be it at a restaurant, a birthday party, a basketball game. That's why the NBA is like, there's just no shot there's fans. Now, this is where it starts to get interesting. Obviously, if people want to yell, hey, the economy, the financial aspect, that matters. That's undeniable. That definitely matters. And in the NBA, I think you're going to see some owners next year say, we've got to figure out a way to get some fans in and make some money. What about college basketball? Like, what are they going to do? Are you going to have everybody traveling? You're talking about NBA in a bubble. College basketball? You can't do college basketball in a bubble. It's not going to work. I don't know what the solution is. And, folks, if if we don't have college basketball and uh, college football isn't generating the revenue that it usually is, you know what that signals in in college. We're going to see the bursting of the college bubble. We're already starting to see it. Colleges are saying, hey, revenue way, way, way down. You're starting to see students deferring. And I don't want to be too doom and gloom here. I'm just being realistic. And I know a lot of people only want positive news and you're so negative. There's a difference between realism and optimism. Be a realist. And that's why I asked that question at the end of last hour about protection. Guys, like there is a real concern. I know we're getting better and things are looking up, but there's a real concern about where this is headed. I mean, the unemployment rate, not very good. How many companies that are based indoors are just not going to open back up? You know, you can apply for the PPP and get some money and help things out for a little bit, but that's going to run out here pretty quick. And I, I just don't know where we are in college football starting back. It would be very weird if the SEC came back and say the Pac-12 didn't or half the Big Ten is good to go and the other half is not. I I, I don't know. Um, what did you think about the Oregon governor shutting down live sporting events through September right now. I mean, she made that decision in May. This early? Yeah. So Oregon football, who in September, they are scheduled to play Ohio State. That was Where? Be, Is that in Oregon? That was in Oregon. Ooh. Yeah. And now that game will not have fans in the stands as See, of See, right yeah, now. it's weird that they're shutting it down so early. Yeah, because we don't know. Did she explain? We don't know where we're going to be. If you look up the governor, you would kind of expect that she wouldn't care about football. It's not not in her realm. But again, why why is she saying four months in advance, we're not doing this then? I can understand if you're a band and you have a tour and you're going to say, you know what? We got to cancel this tour. This just can't happen. I don't know. I, I have no idea what would prompt you to make that decision in May. I don't. And that's I, just that's just Oregon. The the that's Washington the Oregon governor, that's the only one I've seen that's made that decision now. Washington is where the outbreak started, right? Yeah. Um at that retirement home. We haven't heard any cancellations in Washington. You know? Uh what about Cal- I mean California, I know listen, Newsom has taken a lot of heat. Um if there's no USC and UCLA football, those those are just the two big ones. Then there's Cal, you Stanford. know, Stanford like I, I, I don't know what the game plan is. It, it's weird, Gavin. We can get excited about the NFL schedule release. And we can talk about who's going to be good and all this. The, the truth is we don't really know. We just have no idea what's going to well, what's the case. We is do be the know. Thing. We know pretty well that the NFL is going to happen. This is true. I have almost no doubt that it's going to happen. There, uh, people College tr- football is just it's state by state. Yeah. 
People are looking at the NFL schedule to see where they potentially baked in, hey, we got to take a one-week break. We can't play games this week. And, and like, the schedule makers had a tall order. Like, I don't see how you can have the schedule and then all of a sudden say, you know what, it's week five, COVID spreading, we've got to stop week five. No games week five. And then what do you just jump to week six? Skip week five? Like, I don't know. This is uncharted territory. It's a little troubling, but at the same time, like, we can't just sit here and be really, really like, oh, well, nothing's going to happen, like the Oregon governor. Um, I got to be honest. We go for family bike rides, and we don't we don't wear masks on a bike ride. I mean, No, you that... don't need to wear you, – when you're exercising outside, you don't need to wear the mask. Like, yeah, unless I mean, someone's coming by you. No, that's, that's the thing. Fine. Like, we're riding but... our bikes. If there's people coming by us, we're not, like, near them. If I'm on the sidewalk and I see – you know, two people walking toward me, I'll make sure if I don't have a mask on, I go to the side. I get out of their way. Um, but you would actually be hurting yourself because you're not breathing as cleanly when yeah. you're wearing a mask. So Yeah. I mean, listen, should we wear a mask on the bike ride? Maybe. But, again, you are safer outside. That uh, That's obvious as opposed to indoors. Everywhere I've gone indoors, I've worn a mask. Um, I will say, I'll quickly touch on the Starbucks experience here. So you can't go inside physically the Starbucks. They will set up a table outside and they'll call your name when your drink is ready. So it's basically all um, over the app. You can't like wait in a line at Starbucks, which is, I'm fine with that. Um, The lady was wearing a mask when she, you know, brought the drink out to the table for me this morning. And, you know, I'm okay with Starbucks opening up. I don't want to get hooked on it like I used to be. Um, I'm definitely not just going to get a Starbucks on a Tuesday if if I'm not going into the office or anything. Um, but it's just, it's a very just different world. It's been two months now, but it still feels very, very strange. All right, coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio, we're going to quickly go back to Jordan for a moment before our uh, guest at 930. We got a, I I don't want to call him a superstar. He's a college basketball legend, um, and he played a long time in the NBA. I'm going to ask him about this. Could the players from today go into the 80s and 90s and, and dominate like they are today? We touched on it last week. Still, people refuse to believe it, but uh, we'll do that at 9.30. Coming up next, though, if you missed it first hour, Michael Jordan's trying to rewrite history, and we called him on it. That's next here on Fox Sports Radio. Back here on Fox Sports Radio. What are we doing here? What are we doing? I don't know this song. Oh, that's right. You're a big fan of her work, huh? No, Billie Eilish. She's the one who didn't know, was it Pink Floyd or some 70s band, and she took a lot of heat. Can't say I'm up on Billie Eilish. Best joke, so I will say I'm not, my brother is huge on the comedians. Anytime there's like a Netflix special, he instantly watches it and tells me. Um, But I'm starting to get up to speed on the comedians Um, and, and starting to listen to more of them. I will say this. The funniest joke I heard this week was from uh, courtesy of David Spade. Uh, You guys know him, SNL, ton of movies. So he was talking about uh, the NBA, and he goes, you know, Kylie Jenner just spent $15 million on a huge property out here in California. And now the NBA is considering having all their games being played there for the rest of the season, you know, because the NBA players are going to show up there anyway. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Pretty ruthless, uh, Kylie Jenner. Listen, uh, 
that's she has basically dated or Kendall, one of them, whichever gender it is, has basically dated an NBA starting lineup, right? She's now hanging out with Devin Booker. Did you guys see that? So it was like D'Angelo Russell, Devin Booker, uh, Ben Simmons, a couple other guys out there. Pretty crazy. They uh, they they tend to gravitate toward athletes. Speaking of D'Angelo <laughs> Russell, um, so my son, I don't know how he got this, but um, maybe it was a birthday present. I somehow missed it, but he comes down for school one day and he's wearing a D'Angelo Russell jersey. I'm like, where did you get that? I didn't buy you no D'Angelo Russell jersey. And he goes, yeah, I found it in my closet. I'm like, okay. And he goes, is he any good? And I go, uh, he's all he's all right. He made an all-star team. He was on the Lakers. He kind of messed up. And he's on, now he's on another team. So he goes to 2K and he's like, dad, he's only an 87 in 2K. He's not that good. My son's total frame of reference is through 2K. Like he has this big hole in knowledge because of Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley... Obviously not in 2K. So he sees Barkley in uh, Last Dance, and he's like, oh, this guy's this guy's crushing. He had 56 in a game, a finals game. And he's like, yeah, he's not in 2K. I don't really know him. And it's just you're starting to see the, uh, the knowledge. I mean, I was the all-time Denver Nuggets. And this is kind of embarrassing to admit. And so I put Calvin Murphy on the court, and he's like, Murphy? This guy looks really small, Dad. Who, who's he? I'm like, oh, he's a, a, a guy's amazing free throw shooter. He made like 78 free throws in a row. And my daughter's like, how do you know this? Why do you know this guy from 1980 or 70, whatever he was, made 78 free throws in a row? How do you know that, Dad? Why? And then I start explaining to my kids, well, it's weird, but I like chose sports. Or it chose me, ha, 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 whatever. Um, and so I have all this useless knowledge about sports that doesn't really get me anywhere. And my son's like, well, that is getting you somewhere. You talk about it on the show and on the TV and all this stuff. I was like, yeah, that's a fair point. And and so I don't want, and this is going to sound very weird, and Gavin and I was saying, feel free to call me on it. But I, I don't want my kids to know all the sports stuff that I do. I don't think there's value in that. You know, it that has value for me, but like I don't, I, I want them going down the engineering route or something that's a, a little, I don't know if stable is the right word, but I, I just, the field I'm in, it's, I feel like I've had a lot of luck and extra hard work going into it. Yeah, obviously engineering, you got to work your butt off and get great grades. But I just don't know if I, you want your kids to do better than you and I'm doing fine. You know, I get, I'm, I'm happy, very content. Uh, obviously, there's always room for improvement. I'm one of those guys who, when something good happens, I'm like, all right, great. And then, okay, well, how do how can I get the next thing? My wife's like, you've got to eventually be satisfied with with where you are. And I'm like, I'm I'm just, I'm never really satisfied. And this goes back a little bit to Michael Jordan, and he's just never, ever has enough. And he's got to create these scenarios in his head to get to the next level. One of the silliest is the whole, hey, Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team. And that's just not true. It's just false. It's literally fake news. Michael Jordan made the JV basketball team. Then he made varsity the next year. 
Like, he wasn't cut from varsity. That would mean, like, he was at the tryouts and he got cut and didn't play. No, he played. Like, Jordan has this weird thing, and that's going back to Michael Jordan and the Dream Team. He's trying to rewrite history, guys. Oh, I didn't keep Isaiah Thomas off the team. Yes, you did. You told the author of a book. You're quoted in the book as saying, I didn't want to play on the same team as Isaiah Thomas. And we had the guest guy, uh, Jack McCallum, on first hour. Guys, it's real. Michael Jordan kept him off the team. And, and, And that goes back to this whole idea of what is this, this documentary. Is it a real documentary? No, it's a... Heishiography, and I hope I pronounced that correctly. It's Michael Jordan's way of putting out his story. If there was a final word, Michael Jordan would not have final say on everything. The guy, the whoever was interviewing Jordan that day when he's like, yeah, I kept Isaiah off the team. If it was a real documentary, he would have pulled out the book in 2011. You told Jack McCallum, I didn't want to play if Rod... You know, he would have been questioned. Jordan doesn't want that. He doesn't want you questioning him. That's kind of dirty. And you know what? And I don't want to go off on too much of a media tangent here. Um, but, like, this is what's one of the issues with the media right now. Um, and I was talking to somebody about it. In the 1980s and the 90s, to, an ex- to a large extent, the 90s, the media were the gatekeepers. They controlled what the topics were. They controlled athletes' quotes, and then they would have the final word. That's just no longer the case. Right now, athletes, they don't need the media. That's been the case for about a decade. Okay. That's been the case now since YouTube, since Twitter, since Instagram. Now, athletes have their own websites. What does Tiger Woods need the media for? He's Tiger Woods. He doesn't need to do a book with the media. You massage the word. You control your own history. Don't let the media do it for you. And I got no problem with that. Listen, if I'm Michael Jordan, I probably would have done the same thing. I'm not ripping him for it. I'm just saying this is how it is. When I look at uh, athletes right now, what do they need the media for? They don't. I mean, if you're a marginal guy and you're not really relevant... You can build a name for yourself, and, and this is not a knock on him at all because he is relevant. He's an all-star. C.J. McCollum, good player, right? Scoring 20 a game. He's like his own media entity now. You guys know that, right? Because on social media, he's really good. He has a podcast. He controls the C.J. McCollum message. Now, I'd love to have him as a guest on the show and ask him some tough questions. Is he willing to do that? I don't know. I like C.J. McCollum. Maybe I'll ask him to try to come on the show, but... He could easily just say, I mean, no disrespect. Why do I need you? I just, if whatever message I want to put out, I'll just go on social media and do it. Athletes, LeBron, he, LeBron doesn't need to do any media. Brian Windhorst is a guest on this show. Uh, we're friendly. We text. I don't think Brian Windhorst has ever done a one-on-one with LeBron, and he's covered the guy's entire career dating back to high school. LeBron don't need the media. These stars now, they don't need us. So, uh, listen, our next guest uh, is in the media, but he was, a, he was a former star in the NBA. And I'm going to ask him about that and also the, the nonsense. By the way, did you see uh, 
And I don't, I don't, I don't want to savage him like I did last week. But Mike Wilbon took back a lot of the stuff he said about uh, Isaiah Thomas. He went out saying, "Oh yeah, nine guys didn't want Isaiah Thomas on the Dream Team." He had to apologize. Now that's pretty much chicken bleep if you go and rip somebody on television and then apologize on Twitter. Like, come on, come on. <laughs> this idea that Twitter matters, guys. Come on, it doesn't. It largely doesn't. It's an avenue to pump out your own stuff. The general public, not really on Twitter. Instagram's way bigger. And TV, obviously, way bigger. Now, obviously, digital is making moves. But still, Twitter's like a blip on the radar. And, and yeah, so Wilbon, who made these nonsense comments about how Kevin Durant and LeBron could not go back to the 80s and 90s and dominate. Are you kidding me? Kyrie Irving has... I don't know, as good of a better handle than Isaiah Thomas. And, and and could easily score 20, 25 a game like Isaiah Thomas did. Coming up next, we'll talk to a former NBA uh, scoring machine about Jordan, Last Dance, all that fun stuff. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron with what's trending in sports. Jason, UFC 249 will proceed as scheduled tonight in Jacksonville after UFC fighter Jakari Souza and his two corner men tested positive for the coronavirus yesterday in Jacksonville. All three are asymptomatic. They'd been on site in Jacksonville since Wednesday of this week. Sousa's bout against Uriah Hall canceled. The other 11, however, will still be contested. After the news was announced, Uriah Hall tweeted to Sousa, Brother, I know it sucks. I'm sorry you have to go through this. I'm beyond devastated for the missed opportunity. I wish you nothing but recovery for you and your family. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver held a one-hour conference call with NBA players on Friday and said if the current season resumes, it's expected that fans will not be present when it does. No decision on whether or not to resume the current season needs to be made before June. And Silver said that if the current season does resume, the idea that makes the most sense right now is to return to play at only one or two potential sites like Las Vegas and or Orlando. And finally, in the NFL, the New Orleans Saints released three-time Pro Bowl right guard Larry Warford on Friday in order to clear salary cap space and also to make room for their first-round draft pick, Cesar Ruiz. Jason, all yours. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on Fox Sports Radio, it's me, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, our next guest. Listen, this dude's a superstar. You know him. Crushed it at Ohio State. He's just a scoring machine uh, in the NBA. Put up 20. I didn't realize this. 25 a game in his third season in the league with Dallas. Uh, and now he's a talented guy. College, college basketball games, does NBA, work with him at FS1. Jim Jackson. Jimmy, what's up? <clears throat> J-Mac, what's happening, man? Good morning. I I'm good. Uh, thanks for joining the show. We needed some real NBA, uh, a superstar <laughs> input, because I got into it with B.J. Armstrong. You know B.J., he comes by FS1 uh, last yep. week, and he's really, really defending the 90s Bulls so much. A and we got other guys like Mike Wilbon and Jalen Rose saying stuff that just irked me, Jim. They're saying how Kevin Durant, LeBron, Curry, they couldn't go back in the 80s and 90s oh. and dominate and Jim, you you did actually dominate the league. I just want to know why are people so protective of their eras and, and the guys they played with? Why why does that happen? I don't get it. 
Well, I, I think you I think you do get it because let me what what's your favorite era of music? Uh, I would say the eighties. <laughs> okay, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. See, each each generation that like when we grew up in a generation that was something special to us. Okay, because it meant something. We learned so much from it. We grew as young men and women through that era, whether it was through you know our parents teaching us trial and error, whatever it may be. It's real nostalgic. So we always go back to it. Even though you love music today and it's probably some favorite artist, when you got your downtime and you're doing something, you need to think, you go back to your 80s music, you right? Know it, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm the same way as far as going old school music. Well, it's the same thing with sports. Each generation, even when I came in in the 90s, that generation was like, well, you guys are young. You don't understand that <laughs> we used to play. You know, we used to, you know, have to take a bus to games. Um, you know, I came in the league too when, you know, we were still at the tail end of taking commercial flights. Oh. So you would hear all the stories about back in the day travel and this. So every generation does it. I don't care if it was going from, you know, Bill Russell's 60s to the 70s to, you know, going to the 80s with Magic and Bird, you know, then the 90s. It, it, it always does that. And, and it's not a bad thing, I would say. But I'm going to say this, the, the young guys, and, I, and I'm defensive like you know, Kevin Garnett and even Steph Curry, when you say, well, those guys couldn't play back in the day. I'm not one of those old school guys that say this. I'm saying this. There was a guy named Michael Adams, Monkey Bogues, yeah. Isaiah Thomas, that played back in the 80s, okay, and 90s. And they fared pretty well yeah. at a smaller size and stature. You know why? Because in that era, they grew up playing that way. Mm -hmm. When you were small, you had to be extremely tough. You played in the playground. You played. So you grew up with that physicality, so you knew how to adjust. Yeah. If you put Steph Curry back in that day, that's how he would be learned to taught to play. They're taking the current Steph Curry, the current yeah. uh, Kevin Garnett, and saying, well, you put him back in there, they couldn't play. Well, guess what? If some guys you have in the 80s and 90s or in the 90s, you put in today's game with the skill set that's required, athleticism that's required, if you put their skill set, they may not be able to be as dominant. Yeah. So I'm not one of those old school guys that buy into it all the way in regards to some guys who couldn't transfer their talents back then or, or you know, pushing it forward. Talking with Jim Jackson, 14-year uh, NBA veteran. All right, Jim, let me ask you this. You're watching Last Dance. Um, I, I, this whole Michael Jordan saying he didn't keep Isaiah off the Dream Team. Michael's clearly trying to rewrite history. Uh, we had the author of a book who Jordan told in 2011. It's in the book. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to play on the same team as Isaiah. Why does Jordan do this? Why does he make up stuff in his head to use it as ammunition to attack people. He's been doing this his whole career. It's clearly worked for him, but is it even necessary? Well, well, two things. One, in the book, he said he didn't want to play with them. Did he say he went to USA Basketball and, and everybody coaching staff and said, I don't want Isaiah on the team. If Isaiah plays, I'm not playing. Did <laughs> yeah. he say that? Well, it's splitting hairs, yes. I think the exact okay. quote was, I don't want to be on the team if Isaiah's on the team. And he said that to who? Jack McCallum. See, my, yeah, okay, SI he, writer. Yeah. He, he, he said it to the writer. Yeah. But here's my thing is that it was such a divisive moment at that time because of Isaiah. Yeah. He had a certain group of guys who didn't want Isaiah. 
certain group of guys that did. When you have a division like that, the one thing you don't want is controversy. You don't want ill will. It's different if you're contracted and all playing on the same team. But guys, you got to get along. Larry Bird and Kevin McHale really didn't get along. They weren't best of friends, but they learned how to be professionals and play together. Mm. Okay. The dream team is different because you can select people yes. for a short period of time because we want to make it have continuity. It's not like Jordan and Clyde Drexler were best friends, like you saw. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like Pat and David Robinson were best friends. Okay, but the respect was there, and they could play together. So, you know, I'm going to take us a little bit further back. But Jordan's first All Star series, yes. All Star game, it was rumored that Isaiah, Magic, Gervin, and these guys wanted to teach Michael Jordan a lesson <laughs> and kind of froze him out. Now, there's other stories that came out about that, that that wasn't the case. You know, they wanted Michael to have to guard George Gervin, show him a little bit, but Isaiah's name was still in the mix. Right, wrong, or different. So it's a pattern. It's, it's the history here to why things are not just with the bad boys, whether yeah. that was true or not, is a history. So, again, Jason, you got to think about the documentary – you have a documentary that's solely based on someone's outlook and opinion. You're going to have biased opinion. I'm sorry. I don't care if you do a if you do a documentary on your life, it's going to be things in there that you're going to omit. <laughs> I want final say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so you can't be mad at Michael because you know that's what's going to happen. Yes. Yeah. All right, Jim Jackson. Let me ask you this. Uh, a lot has been I made. I didn't do it. <laughs> a lot has been made, Jim, about the 1990s. And remember, magic has gone, HIV. Larry Bird was kind of broken and done by like 91, 92. And Isaiah retired early. Um, the expansion era was 90, 1988 to 95. The NBA added mm-hmm. six new teams. I'm of the belief that this current era is way more challenging with the super teams, the global reach of the sport. I mean, there are uh, 100 and I think 118 international players on rosters this season. There was like 25 in 1995. The, the sport is just the league and the talent pool is way deeper now than it was in the 90s. I think LeBron's have has much more of a challenge now than Jordan did in the 90s. Do you agree? Um, it's it's all relative though. Jason, give the times because as much talent as we have in the league, that doesn't mean that you have a lot of great teams. Okay, keep in mind, even in the '90s, we talk about the Knicks, we talk about the Spurs, we talk about the Trailblazers, the Seattle SuperSonics, we talk about um, um, Utah Jazz. Even the Suns were good, the Rockets, but there were a plethora of teams that wasn't, like the Mavericks that I was on. Okay, <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. you know what I mean? It was two different leagues. It's, it's the same thing here. We have a lot of bad teams still in the league, even with all of this talent. You're going to have your top five or six or seven teams just like you did before, okay? Now, you say the talent is not as spread out, but in, in some instance it is because you got the Golden State team that was able to pull Kevin Durant in, mm-hmm. okay? Now you have the Clippers, the Lakers, okay? Okay, now, after that, when you're talking about super teams, be honest, Denver has a great squad. They're not a super team. No. Portland has a pretty good squad. They're not a super team. Milwaukee has a good squad. They're not a super team. Boston can be with the growth of their young guys. Mm-hmm. They can keep their core together. Yeah. But so, so, that's, so that's what I'm saying. It's like because we have two or three teams that have it, we tend to look at the league in that way. But it's not like that. 
because at the end of the day, the teams at top are still the dominant. The Lakers, the Clippers are still right there. Milwaukee's still right there. Sixers could be, but they're not. Okay? They could be. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So, so when you get past six, seven, eight, or nine, you still got 20-some-odd teams left that are either pretty good or okay. So it every era has it where you got the teams that sit atop and then the rest kind of fit in that make it interesting. Those teams that make it interesting to me are the ones that really elevate the league because they give you an opportunity to be competitive with the teams on the upper tier. Yeah. That's how you have a competitive league. It's and, just not being top-heavy. And that's the weird thing. Like, Portland made the conference finals last year, right? Uh, right, Toronto right. won the title, but you know, currently, you know, NBA fans look at that and like Portland, that team's garbage. Oh, they got lucky, exactly. blah blah blah. Yeah. Oh, really? Are they garbage? Okay, <laughs> sure. Are you sure about that? I mean, listen, I could look at the Utah Jazz in '98, the team that Jordan wins on the last dance. You look at Carl right. Malone; he's 35. Hornacek is like 35. Stockton was like right. 36. I mean, really, those teams could play right now? How would they? You know, it's just Jim. I love this discussion, but let me just find yeah. get out of here with this. In your eyes, can LeBron pass Michael Jordan as the greatest basketball player of all time? What does he have to do? Is it even possible, or is it not possible? Well, statistically, he will he will do that. Again, I'm nostalgic because Michael's era was so different in regards to it was an aura about Michael. This is what, to me, makes it special. Because you didn't have the plethora of sports outlets where the games were on all the time. I grew. I played. I hung out with the, the Bulls on their second three-peat. It was just different, bro. When they came in town, it was a show. The aura of the magnitude of who they were, because we really didn't know, or the public really didn't know about them personally. In today's world with Twitter, IG, Snapchat, you know guys. You know their personality. Yeah. You may not know them personally, but you feel like you're connected to them, which it, it takes away the mask. That's a, a great, bit. great point. Jordan had the mask around him, and that lead, that lends to his legacy and to his greatness. So I don't know if LeBron can overtake that. Will the numbers say one thing? Of course, because he's just something we haven't seen. And you cannot deny it, okay, yeah. the things that he's been able to accomplish. If you do, you really don't love basketball, yeah. okay? Now, but I just don't think from a aura all of that, yeah, he can cool. surpass Michael from that perspective because it was a different time. It's like somebody saying Muhammad Ali, when he grew up in this era, it was a special era that took a special man to do what he did. Nobody else, I don't think right now, can do that because those circumstances were different yep. when Ali grew up. Jordan's circumstances yep. were different. And I love you, bro. So I yeah. hope you and the family are doing well through all yes. this, too, man. And Jim Jackson. conversation going. Yeah, 14-year NBA veteran. I'm trying to get him to come play uh, pickup with me. Hasn't happened. <laughs> trying to <laughs> roll up on the it. club scene in L.A. Not, with Jim. He's too good. much of a playboy. All right, Jim. Uh, be well. Thanks for the time this morning. All right, brother. All right, brother. Jim Jackson. Hey, listen. That was a really, really smart point he made at the end. Uh, LeBron's out here talking about Taco Tuesday, and kind of that hurts him in a way. Jordan, you knew nothing about him. He never spoke. All right, we'll wrap up the show after this. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hat with a bat and a 6-4 bottle. Coming up next, Catino Mobley and Steve Hartman. I don't know what they're going to talk about. They might talk about that cornhole game that's being played on television right now. Yes, it's on in the studio. I'm good at cornhole, but these guys, I mean, what the hell? These guys aren't missing anything. It's like crazy. It's like my jump shot, basically. No, no, no. I think they need to move him back. Yeah, they seem almost a little close. Now, these guys are sponsored. Gavin and I had a good question here. What do you make if you're a professional cornhole guy? They are playing with masks on. Um, I don't know why they were in an arena, inside an arena. They could easily do this in somebody's yard. But there's all this advertising for casinos, um, the league. I I have an answer. Oh, you do? And my initial guess, what was it, Jason? It was like fifteen thousand. I said twenty. Twenty. I, that's and uh, way low. The Wikipedia machine says five thousand to twenty-five thousand per year. That's it. That's it. I so mean, so this is like a for fun thing. Yeah, I, I would think of it as a fun weekend hobby yeah. that you can maybe make some coin off during the week. He's doing TPS reports in a you know cubby in. Um, you know, yeah, I think these guys. Uh, Work at some sort of an outdoors, you know, maybe a Shimano fishing. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, although we're apart these days, we're sharing more. And Geico's sharing more, too, with the Geico Give Back. 
a 15% credit on card and motorcycle policies for both current and new customers that lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for info and eligibility. Um, so we did a lot NFL schedule. You know, it's weird. After looking at the schedule, I, I mentioned at the outset, I'm probably going to have the Patriots missing the playoffs. I just need to find a team in the AFC East. I, I don't like the Bills. Uh, we had our, uh, Aaron Chats on Football Outsiders. Patriots will be worse. So will the Bills. Door ajar for the Jets, but we'll see about the offense. A um, couple other notes that I didn't get to in today's show. Uh, I wondered why Michael Jordan's ex-wife is not in the last dance. In 2007, after 17 years together, they got a divorce. At the time, it was the most expensive divorce in American history. Jordan's wife got a rumored $168 million. They divorced 2007. So if they were married 17 years, she was with him for every title. Not not featured in the documentary at all. I don't know. I don't know. Just seemed a little bit odd. Let's see what else I have in the notes. Oh, um, I can't get it out of my mind that the Patriots could find some way to get Trevor Lawrence. There's just no way. I, I don't think they tank. But they could become bad enough that they can put together some trade offer for the number one team who maybe, you know, let's say it's the Cardinals. It won't be, but a team that already has a quarterback. Mm. Ah, it make me sick. Yeah, no, that, that, would, that would not be fair. Teams uh, need to lose to the Patriots here, this year. Uh, let, me get, let me ask you this. Let's say college football pushes it to the spring. They want to play in fall. Is Trevor Lawrence going to play for Clemson in the spring when the draft is in April? The NFL probably would not want Trevor Lawrence playing football in the spring. All right, great show. Thank you, everybody. Isaac, Gavin, Sam, Chris. Podcast will be up shortly. Great guests. Be safe. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh, my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.